Hey there. If you want to shift your business profit quickly, if you want to earn continuity income, that means that you get a client, they pay you again and again and again, and you want a really good strategy for dominating your particular niche, you're going to want to watch today's show. I'm also going to be sharing with you why you cannot get the outcome you want unless you clean up your unconscious belief systems so that they exist in alignment with your conscious goals. See on the inside. And welcome, Dan, to the show. I'm really looking forward to working with you today. Dan, tell us a little bit about your business before we get into it, what you do, how long you've been okay, doing my business, I'm a plumber by trade, so I've been plumbing for about 20-something years. Then I took about four and a half years off and uh, went into, I suppose I call it an office job, which is teaching trade and so forth. And I did that uh, in, a, in another country as well as Australia, all around Australia. That was very profitable, very fun, but missed the, the actual life of uh, normal life because I was never at home. But so I've been doing my plumbing company now for three and a half or so years. I was a bit rough to start off with. I had a bit of money saved up, so I didn't really push to advertise or anything. It was just, just trying word of mouth for a good year and a half, two years. And the past two years now, I've been trying to get it up and running and, and push it. This year, as sad as it sounds, I'm excited because I've made about six or $7,000 profit in the company after, um, after give my, obviously I pay myself a wage each year, but still buying more tools, etc. I haven't bought anything extravagant like a new car or anything like that. I just, uh, yeah, I, I have, I don't know what it is, but what I seem to do is I can get onto a – I'm good with people, I suppose. I can talk to clients, customers, get them in. Sometimes I have trouble just getting it over the line, trying to do a, not a sales pitch but selling myself as such. And, yeah, I tend to relax. I'll reach a, a, like a probably about 30% of what I should for each customer and, and then I just kind of go, okay, well, that's good. Or if I get a bit of income and I just seem to be too relaxed on on what I earn, I think that's fine. And I get, then, of course, if I go to push to advertise, I get too scared. I, at the moment, I'm spending $1,200 a year on yeah. advertising in one little local paper, which does quite well. But, yeah, it's uh, I've started to automate the business now as well. I've got a, finally got an iPad in the car and i yeah, got accounting software and stuff and about to link up to a trade-designated software for setting up job numbers that talks to the suppliers and all that sort of stuff automatically so I can invoice in the car, et cetera. I get more free time in my life. Quite foolishly, I, I just work and work and I tend to, 95% of the time, I always tend to give the customers a good discount, as in probably 30, 30% maybe 40% off of what I shouldn't. And I, I look for a purpose in the, or a reason in the customer of why they might deserve a discount or you know I'll knock a few hours off each job each day and just silly things like that where other people are charging more and just charging full price and their clients are very happy and keep bringing them back yeah I've the past sorry just one more thing the past sort of six eight months I've been uh sponging ideas I suppose and uh or bouncy ideas and off uh one of the guys who I do work for it's a good little setup where he pays top dollar and um, me top dollar he quotes everything I just provide the qualified trade and basic tools, and he provides material and everything. So very simple for me to make quick, easy money. And um, he's had business for a few years, but he's been pushing me into double material what it cost me to buy onto the customer and start charging more and don't be so lenient and and that sort of stuff. So I've, I've done that a few times, and it's worked out quite well. The customers have just paid, 
and they don't bat an eyelid. No one's questioned it. The more I charge and the more I build them, they just go, oh, okay, and they just pay it. And uh, so the past six months, I've started to weed out, I suppose, and get rid of the cheaper customers that are always wanting the discount and, and whinging about every sort of invoice and even though the work was ridiculously cheap and cheaper than what they get off anyone else. But I have started to also notice uh, certain customers who will ring up and I, I'm starting to sniff out that they're literally just there to to just keep haggling me down. So uh, yeah. I just I, I just kindly ignore them. Uh, sorry, uh, kindly decline them and, and just leave it at that. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know why, but I, yeah, for some, I've also uh, got engaged. Yeah, congratulations. So the girlfriend is, uh, thanks. Thanks, mate. I'm pretty happy, but um, she's coming over shortly, and uh, she's actually from Indonesia, yep. from Jakarta, so she needs, uh, we've got her partner visa set up, so she can't legally work for three months, which is fine, but I'm freaking out a fair bit about, obviously, having two people to support, and yeah, just kind of, yeah, so just, I tend to nap a lot more lately. I just get migraines I have for the past two and a half, three months, yep. and I just seem to sleep a bit more, just because okay. it just gets too much, and then I can wake up and go, okay. Start again and and see what happens. So yeah. All right, Dan. Well, we're going to. Uh, uh, my plan today is to uh, give you as many strategic breakthroughs as possible. I really want you to be able to leave the show today going, "Wow, that was amazing." I've got lots of things that I can take away from what Perry's given me. Um, I, I want to be working with you strategically, and I want to be working with you around some of the patterns that might undermine your ability to input, implement strategies effectively. Before we get into that, there's a couple of things I, I want to cover off on, but, but just the first one, based on something you've said, and this is just as much for the listeners as it is for you, Dan. When we set our prices, if we price lowly, thinking that that's what's going to help us get clients, this means when we start to discount or, you know, we're lowering our prices because somehow we think that's going to, that the client's going to choose us, we end up making an unconscious agreement with that client. We're actually telling them what we're worth. And when you sell on price alone, on low prices alone, the client purchases because you are charging less than others that unconscious agreement will always come back to bite you on the bum because the moment you go to put your prices up, they'll be upset with you. Secondly, because they bought on price, not on quality, any mistake you make or anything that goes over budget or you're just going to cop it from them. Where if someone buys on value, meaning they perceive that you're going to do a really good job, a better job, they don't operate the same because the unconscious agreement's different. They haven't purchased on price, they've purchased on value. So when you put the prices up, they don't care, not to the same extent yeah. because they're not price buying, they're value buying. And the other thing I want to say to that is, you know, if, if people are price shoppers, they'll refer you to other people that are price shoppers um, where people that are value shoppers will refer you to other people that are value shoppers. So... Someone that would, someone that's a, a price shopper, they'll say to their friends, oh, you know, they're really cheap. They're really cheap. And that what the friends start buying from you. And you don't want to build networks of price buyers. It's just a, a losing game. You want to build networks of prospects and clients that purchase on 
value, which gives you far more scope. But just quickly, before we get into some of the strategies that can shift and upgrade your business, because I can sort of hear where you're at, your business, you've been building your business, it's, you're, you're starting to make some profit, and now you're wanting to upgrade it and uh, probably have a, certainly get more profit and have a better lifestyle from your business. But just quickly, what are your interests? What are your passions outside of business? going to say finishing building my house yeah. um motorbike riding so that's uh i and i constantly think about um getting healthy doing yoga and stuff i used i should be about 92 kilos i'm about 103 104 kilos yeah so fairly fairly overweight and lethargic but uh yeah so think about being healthy and fit again would be nice so just okay. actually even basic stuff swimming Yoga, be able to go for runs some evenings. That's I enjoy jogging at night with no one around. And the fiance, that's pretty much the only interest I have. Okay, great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I kind of picked up before the added stress of the fiance coming over and that there's going to be more demands financially and what have you. Now, the reason I'm doing this and why I, why, why I sort of asked, what are your passions? I already know with some of the patterns that are going to be working with later on, it's really important that you're business goals are tied to your fulfilling dreams because you'll see why. Like all of us, and this is for anyone that's listening or watching this, you know, as business people, we do get challenged. And in challenge, one of the ways of getting through challenge and staying highly motivated is you want your dream so much. You want something so much that you're willing to deal with the challenges. So oftentimes when people aren't connected to their dreams, and that can be a sabotage, they don't have the internal motivation to go through the challenge required to build the business that can give them their dreams. That's why we often want to connect people. What are your goals? What are your dreams? Okay, so I'm just going to work with some strategy stuff first, Dan. And first question, where do your clients come from? How do they find out about Um, you? For the first year and a half, two years, it was just word of mouth. I was very relaxed on advertising and self-promotion. I didn't even have uh, advertising on the vehicle. So um, it was pretty much mainly word of mouth. I'd get the occasional ones from on our webpage and a local rag in a, in a semi-affluent suburb where I'd kind of flow on from there. So, sure. Um, yeah. Yep. Now, when you said the semi-affluent suburb, did they provide you with Better quality clients, meaning they'd pay you more? Probably 30 40% were better paying clients, but there's still some there which they will try and bargain and barter down everything, every offer you have. Sure. Uh, yeah. But in, ge- in general, yep. in that area, okay. So In general, yeah, they're not too bad yet. Yep. And, and why? Because that's fairly decent. In your first year and you're getting referral clients, why do they refer you? What is it about you that uh, gets them to refer you? I think nice guy, honest, and I come across as honest as well. I've picked up on that, but yeah, and and trying to well do a thorough job, make sure everything's happy, and the small things like cleaning up, follow up phone call to check that they're um, they're still happy with the job a week later or a few days afterwards. Yeah, just, just so 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 Dan. Yeah, this is just going to mention. I don't want to go into this fully at this point in time, but you know your personality. Pe- people love you, and they feel your desire to do the job properly. Yep. 
you have you're displaying what we call really functional aspects of the people pleaser profile. So the real functional aspects of the people pleaser profile in business is you really genuinely want people to be happy with you, that you want them to be happy with your service. You really are genuine in wanting to do a good job for them and please them. And that's what they pick up on. So that's a functional side of someone that's got a strong people pleaser profile. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. So one of the great things about referral clients, obviously, is it costs you nothing to get them. Yep. Nothing at all. So have you formalized referrals at all? Sorry, how, how do you mean by formalized? Okay. So Based on what you've said, you're probably not controlling your referrals, meaning people just love you. Correct. They do a job and, right? Literally zero control over it. It's just random calls. People call up and I can get four or five calls in one day and that's be booked up for a few weeks or I can go a week and a half without a single call from referrals. Right. So controlling referrals is really important and that typically takes some time to work out. It's not a big thing to work out. But as an example, when you you leave a client, you would have a, a script, or when you finish with your client, you'd have a script. And that script might be something like, I know, you, I hope you're happy with my work, are you? And they go, yes, yes, yes. You might say something like, okay, well, if you wouldn't mind, I try to keep my prices down by not spending a lot of money on advertising and then I don't have to spend so much time on marketing so I can really serve my clients more. So if if you wouldn't mind, if you could, if you can spread the word about me, that would be fantastic. It's actually just setting it up as a hook in the client's mind. That would be yep. a, a really basic way of starting to control. And then you'd yep. give them, and you might give them five or six cards. Now, yep. the reason this is important is if you do that, you sow the seed in the client's mind about referring you, and there's a law of reciprocity. So because they like you and you ask for that, you are more likely to get that client referring. You probably start to see an upgrade in the number of referral clients that you get. And The other thing that I would also be looking at doing is targeting those suburbs where people can pay more because you want to get referrals from those suburbs. So even targeting those areas, and that may mean that you you do some uh, target marketing into certain geographic locations because then when you get your referral, controlling your referrals, you know that you're getting good quality referrals. Yep. Okay. The next question I have around that is, Oh, yeah, so what other ways of advertising have you used? So that was a um, what other sources? So literally referral, that uh, that little local paper, and I have a web page, but I, I didn't, it's the first web page I've ever done, so I had it up there for a year and a half, almost under two years anyway, and um, I was doing a job for a guy who was like promotion of companies and set out web pages and stuff like that. And we were chatting away while I was doing the job. And he said, I'll have a look at your webpage. And he came back five minutes later and he said, mate, well, I couldn't find it. And I said, oh, it's there. It's been there for a year and a bit. And, and he said, oh, I'll write it down. And I wrote it down. And then he came back. And uh, about a minute later, he said, you know, there's only three people know your webpage exists. The guy who made it, you, and now me. And yeah. uh, I didn't know that you had to actually log it onto Google. I had no idea. So I assumed it was doing its job and 
Yeah, so that's literally all I do. Oh, I have, now I have a reverse written sticker across the top of my windscreen so people read it in the rearview mirror when I'm driving. Okay, great. So that's the only advertisement. Great. Yep. Okay. So I checked out your website when you applied for the show. Yep. And we may come back and address some of these key points because I, I really want to give you some yep. upgraded strategic input in a second. We're just sort of working at the bottom at the moment. But yep. marketing is really important. So I've got to ask these questions and give you some tips and my perspective on how you can improve things. So your website is hidden. It doesn't really explain why you are a better choice than your competitors because what you should potentially look at doing is using Google AdWords as an example, getting rankings high in Google as a plumber in the geographic areas that you want to capitalise on. Now, to pull that off, right, what this means, so someone in one of your chosen suburbs, high fee-paying suburbs, by the way, where I live in the northern beaches, again, affluent area, a guy was telling me, Tradesman was telling me last, oh, actually this Christmas, that Mm -hmm. he gets double what he'd get working out west just by concentrating on working in this area. I mean, double, that's incredible. Double his hourly rate. Yeah, just amazing. But this, this is a very affluent area, so you can probably push it a bit more than yeah, yeah, yeah. other areas. Yeah. So, you know, someone in a particular area, they type in uh, plumber because plumbers are often needed urgently. urgently. And so, and I'm going to tell you how this can work in, in a big way for you. So when they say plumber, and if your website comes up in the top three, four, five, or three, four, five searches, I'll start to go through them. And it's really important that you're, web uh, page out positions all your competition. Now, we don't have time to fully go into this today, but if, like, if I was working with you, I'd be really getting this USP down. Now, USP stands for unique selling proposition. Uh, another word you yep. can use is competitive advantage. Um, and a, a way of doing that is working out what your uh, client's fears are. And uh, we'll just name two, and I'll show you how this works. So... People will be worried about shoddy workmanship. That would be a fear, wouldn't it? Yes, 100%. Right? Yeah. So as an example, this is, this is and, and you can really use down, what they call down, what one of my marketing guys calls down and dirty website. You don't have to make it look pretty. They'd come to the front page and, and you'd address that. Uh, money back guarantee on all work. Only plumber in this area that gives you a money back guarantee on all work. Now, that's a big risk, but... Do you get me? That is an incredible selling point. It yeah. might be money back guarantee on all or all working hours, not on, on uh, uh, material. Yeah, just, material. Yeah. Now, can you see that that statement take alleviates a fear that your target market will have? Yeah. Right. Okay. Does this make sense? <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. Uh, another one might be you know just give me another problem. I'll show you how you start to work this. What would, be, what would be another fear of your target market? Obviously, overpriced. A lot of people, the general sensus is that um, plumbers charge too much and it's simple work. And, yeah, pretty much that's, that's the main thing people seem to be worried about that I can pick up on. They're getting oh. over, overcharged. 
Okay, well, without looking at your financial modelling and your margins, would you consider yourself positioning? I know earlier you said you were positioning at the lower end of the pricing. Are you at the middle end yep. of the pricing or the higher end of the pricing at this point? I'd be upper middle, I'd say. Right. So about top 75%, yeah. Okay. So, again, what you have to do is alleviate fears around price. So you may be able to get cheaper plumbers, but this is what they're, they're going to be using substandard products, substandard, da, 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 and you'll pay the price because the thing will break down quicker. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, yep. And it's really worth getting professional help to do this if you don't have a mind that works in that way because you just go into the target market, find out what their problems are with plumbers, and you've got to make sure you deliver on your promises, by the way, but then they've got to be yep. stipulated on your website. So the moment they come to the website, bang, there they go. Ah, oh, wow. Okay, another one is an example. All calls are returned within two hours, things like that. Right? And, then on the, and then on that page, you'd also have testimonials that would back up your claims. Now, yeah. right, this is client testimonials. Oh, he's wonderful to work with. His customer service is amazing. And Jeezy's got a cute butt, right? I'm joking, yeah. but you get where I'm going. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And you want testimonials from clients that back up your competitive advantage claims. Yep. So, so as an example, a testimony go, uh, Selby was, his quote was more expensive than, say, some of the cheaper quotes, but at the end of the day, we're so happy with what we got because we know it's going to last a long period of time. That, that's a kind of... Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Let me move on because there are some other strategies of what I'd consider a power strategy in a moment, but let's... Yep. Where else do you get clients from? Honestly, that's that's it. That's just three points. So it's that local type of paper, word of mouth, and that's it. I tried a little bit on Facebook. I tried uh, an Instagram page where I was, you know, putting photos up a day of sort of plumbing jobs and sites I was at, and views and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I get that. Well, it, the Instagram and things like that doesn't work for plumbing. Okay, it's, it's, it's yep. very, it's, things have to be addressed in words. So, again, even with that local paper, uh, I, even the ad, the ad has to position you uh, with your competitive advantage so that yep. when they go to the website, and there's another approach that you can use. This is, it's a, a very American approach, but it works gangbusters. The, yep. you know, you might have a report, before you hire a plumber, make sure you read these five tips because it's going to cost you a lot if you choose the wrong plumber, okay? Yep. And they've got to come to your website yeah. and download the sheet that explains. So all those things help position you into an area. And, and the, the, it's, it's actually really good if you just are able to target one or two geographic areas and really push that USP, that competitive advantage in all your marketing material. Yep. Because what happens is you'll build the reputation in the area and then all your referral work will come off the back of your advertising. You actually end up advertising less. If you use that strategy and you used it to its hilt, you would probably have to spend some money on your advertising for the first year. And after that first year, you wouldn't have to do it anymore because you'd get the, the, all the word of mouth business. So again, just be really clear yep. here, the strategy, because your competitors won't be doing this. They're not savvy. Plumbers, for the most part, aren't savvy business people. Correct. So th these are principles that we would use in any business. I've actually seen these, the very strategy I'm telling you, being used really effectively for pl plumbers, anyone in the building services. So, again, strategy yeah. 
if you do Google AdWords, yep. making sure your ranking's really high. Any your website must on the first page that a person lands on when they're looking for a plumber, because you're going to make sure that you you get up in the rankings in certain geographic areas. That first page will explain to them why you are the safest bet, right? Because you're going to answer or yep. resolve their fears just by looking at that web page. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, anywhere else that your clients come from. I actually got one off uh, Facebook. He's the one that I get a lot of work from, but he's another plumber. Actually, I just quoted a job for him, and uh, and that job did we didn't get the job, obviously. But sorry, I should explain this other plumber better. So he does not do hands-on work. The um, he hasn't done manual labour for seven years, and he has no intentions of starting. He's a business person, uh, right? He's a business person. He? he is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's very very smart. He's been in the game a lot. He's self promotion, business promotion. He is. He's, he's got nine or ten web pages relating to plumbing he is just all over it so he just he just likes to sit in his office and he said he's told me before he said i like to do three or four hours a day work and that's it he's uh mid-40s and um and he just gets people like me it's the other plumber and i call ourselves suckers because we do all the work and he just sits around and just gets fat drinking coffee hey, and yeah he, he's getting a percentage right I, I, I love his model that's actually yeah. a really good model um oh, yeah, and I'm almost guarantee that even his web pages might may use some of the principles that I just shared with you if he's that switched on. Okay, well this yeah, is where yeah. I want to go because the strategy that I'm looking at is kind of aligned along the lines of the one that you're talking about with your well businessman. No, he's not a plumber. Um, ex plumber turned businessman yep. selling plumber services. Yeah. Yeah. See, one of the challenges and issues for someone in the plumbing business is that repair jobs are one-offs typically. So as an example, I think about how often we would use a plumber a year. It's probably twice a year. Some years we wouldn't use a plumber at all. And then there's a problem and you bring bring the plumber in. So the challenge with that approach is, you know, you're always forced to go and hunt more clients, aren't you? Correct, yeah. Yeah. One of the best things to do for any business, one of the best things to develop is what we call continuity income. And continuity income works in this way. It means that if I get a client, that an ideal scenario, once I get that client, if that client keeps being my client for the next 15, 20 years, I'm developing continuity income from that. Yeah. Because they're going to purchase multiple times. Now, if if you look at a gym as an example, gyms uh, have a pretty interesting strategy where they probably charge like 30 bucks a week or 40 bucks a week. And once a person signs up, they've got that 30 bucks a week coming in. Okay, And and oftentimes the people forget to use the gym, but that 30 bucks a week still going to the gym gym thing, right? Now, the, the key principle behind this is sometimes marketing can be expensive and so if we come back to what I said before, if I market and spend a decent amount of money to get a client, but that client's going to be my client for 10 years, then that marketing spend's really profitable. You get it? Because I've got the client. Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. Because because expense and time is, oh, if, if I can't get continuity income because I, it's just like a job here and a job there, 
Then I've got to, I'm marketing again. I'm getting this person. I built this wonderful relationship with them. Then I don't see them again. So I've got to go and hunt more. To be honest, that's kind of hard emotionally as well as not the best financial scenario, right? Yeah. Would you yep. agree with that, Dan? Agree, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as an example, if you were aligned with a major building company and they were giving you work, so you didn't have to advertise and market, what difference would that make for you? That would work really well. The only problem with currently in, in plumbing, for some reason in Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, there's a lot of plumbers, especially the Gold Coast, they're ridiculously undercutting everyone in pricing. So I was offered um, by a possible clients to uh, do all the plumbing for a new townhouse. He was a buys, in, he buys properties, invests, sells off, etc. Um, so I quoted it, and I was about eight thousand, say eight hundred dollars, to do this work. And he said, "Oh, you're a couple of thousand more than the normal plumbers we use." I said, "Okay, well, we have to use them." And he said, "Oh, you can't come down any." And I said, "Well, no, because that's that's just working for for the fun of it. There's not much profit in that at all." So uh, there's guys out there for builders who do that sort of stuff. That's why builders, I I tend to steer away. There's one or two which I occasionally do work for who are just small single operators and they pay every time. There's no hesitation with them. I have a good relationship with them and, and they always use me, etc. So um, and, and why the do they builders, and why do they use you? Because this yeah. is important. I'm going to dig further into this. Why do they use you? Uh, because really they know they can call me and if I say I'm going to do the job done, it'll be done properly. And I'd tell them, all right, every, all the work I do always falls back to me. There's nothing falling back to anyone else. I'm responsible for all the work I do and everything's done efficiently and there's a guarantee, a warranty, and um, everyone's okay. happy. I want you to think about this as a strategy. So I really get you when you said before that there are uh, builders out there and they're not going to pay right, what you need. And yep. you know, uh, one of the problems with any industry where there's price cutting going on you know, anyone that enters the price cutting game, well, it's uh, tricky. You, you, you're controlled by the the lowest cost option, right? So you you lower your price, yep. then the other person lowers their price. It's just a, no one wins in the end. No one wins in the end. Yep. So, you know, you're not playing that game, which is great. Yep. Now, so... What we're looking at here with this strategy, we, we can call it a strategic alliance, a joint venture partnership. There's probably more of a strategic alliance where a really good principle is to align with someone or a business that has more power than you. Now, power means they've got more influence and reach from a marketing perspective. They've got larger yeah. databases. Uh, people are coming to them going, hey, we need your services. Um yep. But that their target market is also your target market. Now, so yes, there are some builders that are price cutting, but there'll be some higher end builders who are more interested in quality. Like, I'll talk about me for a second. I've really learned over the years that I'm better off paying more for good people because when I pay peanuts, people let me down. If I pay good money because the person deserves it, my stress levels decrease greatly and everything's handled for me. Right? Make sense? Yep. So there are there are people in the yeah, there are people in the building game like me. There are I'm gonna actually give you some homework in a moment because yep. it's not just builders, but there'll be builders that are like me, and you've already talked about them. 
where mm. they're not interested in cost cutting, they're not interested in playing that game, and they're interested in having you come on and look after the this, the plumbing and the property because they know that you're going to do the job properly and therefore they're willing to pay you more, right? Yep. Right, okay. You could get away from advertising altogether if you had, say, two or three really strong alliances with building companies of high quality that are willing to pay you. Can you see that? Yes. So oftentimes, and this is just as much for people listening or watching this, people get about spending all this money on advertising, you know, putting all this effort and energy into advertising where the easiest thing to do is to spend a couple of months building relationships with key uh, strategic alliances who will just give you work, <laughs> right? Yep. You get it? Yes. Uh, yep. So, yep. so really think about that. Now, I don't know plumbing enough, but you could probably help me here. You know, there's maybe there's high-end architects, draftsmen who are going to recommend you, interior designers yep. that recommend you. I don't know how close all the different types of people that are involved they, in putting a building together, how much they... The architects, designers, and builders never like each other. They just they just pretend. But uh, but that's funny. Yeah, one of the builders I work for, he um, he's quite good. He's a sole operator, and he just hires certain trades as he needs them. Only certain guys, and he um, he does high end work. It's yeah. There's a there was a better. I think it was an eight meter long wine cellar. These people put in a three bedroom house. Does so unique stuff, but uh, everything costs ex- exorbitant amount of money and. I just shake my head about the, the material they're putting into the house because the people want specific stuff because it costs this much and 10 times the price of what they should for the same quality. But anyway, yeah, he's one that I would like to try and branch into and get some more work out of. He's taking a little break at the moment because he, he got uh, flipped over by one of his clients for money, for a fair bit of money. But, sure. Um, yeah, that that would be that would be good to get in. That That's, that's something I, I don't – it takes me probably a couple of days to – work up some courage before and then I've got to work out what I'm going to say to say that builder if I was going to ring him and ask him for more work or if, to recommend me and then and then come to it I'll probably end up talking about fishing or something else. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to get to some of the patterns in a moment. I really want to work with the patterns. Though, so you can see that yeah. that's a good strategy okay, yep. to share with you. Yeah, okay. Now, just coming yep. back to that, yep. everything else I talked before about developing your website so that it really defines your USP your competitive advantages and why should people choose yep. you? Yep. You want to do that. Yep. You really want to do that because even when you're approaching uh, people with power, the strategic alliance opportunities, they need to see your professionalism and your competitive advantage and the way you communicate, the way you represent yourself on your website as well so that you have a, a message that is an integrity, if that makes sense. So you're saying, yep. well, you know, I'm going to work with you because, listen, they can see your website backs up that level of professionalism and makes the same claims that you're, you know, that you've you've worked out as your competitive advantage. So you, you want to be quite seamless in integrating all of that. Yeah. Uh, am, am I being clear? You get me? You are, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Right. Okay. Just yep. let me just see if there's any other strategic. Oh, there was a couple of other ones. Is there any niche of plumbing that pays more than being a general plumber? There is. There's sort of cafe work, as in new commercial work, I should say. So sort of seventy to one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars jobs. That's a little niche. That, and the reason I say is the guy who uh, the plumber who doesn't actually do any work himself. He said he doesn't want to do hands-on work and hires other plumbers. He does a lot of that sort of stuff. 
and that's where he makes an abundance of money. So I'm right. doing it for him at the moment. It's going to take, uh, it's only a wash bay, but that's probably about two weeks worth of work. Two plumbers, uh, an excavator for about a week and a half, concreters for a week, and probably about $40,000 of material in it. Um, and it's a $400,000 job. So, I mean, that's a nice two and a half, three week turnaround. That's pretty good. So, right, great. Yeah. So, so again, and this is for you and for anyone listening or watching, the reason I ask that question is in, in most industries there's high-paying niches or higher-paying niches. And if that's yep. the case, it's worth inspecting going into those niches because if you go into a niche like that, and, again, you've got to look and see what your, what your competitors are up to, but if you can go into a niche like that and then you'd use the same approach that I shared before, which is you've got to work out what, uh, cafes and restaurants are scared of in hiring plumbers and make sure your marketing collateral shows that those fears can't happen with you, but you remember what I said earlier, um, then you start to build a profile within that niche and become the expert or the go-to person in that niche, and that guarantees you really good quality income typically and ongoing income. Because when you, like as an example, if you were positioned as the safest plan, the, not, these aren't the right words and these aren't even marketing words, but look, the safest purchase as a plumber within the restaurant and cafe industry because you help your clients avoid this, avoid that, and avoid all these other things that someone will, could experience if they get a, less, a plumber with less expertise. Based on that positioning and as long as you're delivering, you'll start to be seen as the sort of head choice in that niche. Yeah, and, and you sew up a niche, right? And then all yeah. the restaurant and cafe people talk to each other and you just get referred. So that would be something yeah. that would be worth looking at. There's usually a harder time frame, meaning that there's more work to enter those niches, develop your messaging for those niches and things like that. But yeah. that's also a really decent approach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. There's all sorts of things you can do off the back of that, by the way, because when people are going to cafes and restaurants, a lot of them are getting the cafe and restaurant magazines. These are industry magazines. You can be advertising in those, as an example. Think of that, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you can see this is the thing. When you work in a niche, you can target the niche. You can put Google AdWords on uh, industry websites, as an example. So, mm. yeah. You could align with uh, oh, no, there's all sorts of ways. I'll, I'll stop because I want to get the patents. Oh, on fine. Okay, right here. Yeah, but does that start to give you some sort of strategic thinking about how you can move and start to upgrade what you're doing with your business? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. I've got yeah. one other question. This is a strategy, but it's something I've picked up about you and your patterning. Hmm. The first one is, you know, you even said it before, but I can feel it in you. It's... Um, Okay, just let me settle for a second to find the best way to communicate this. It's almost like in your consciousness, you don't have a, a firmly formed goal about your business. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And I can feel that you downgrade goals. So rather than going for the big goal, you'll downgrade the goal or even avoid thinking about the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Also true, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's because of unconscious blocks. We're just going to go to that because you know, there's some patterning impacting this. So as an example, this is why before I asked you what your passions were, 
what, what you like to do outside of work because we want to tie our business goals to what's deeply meaningful to us. So as an example, in my work, I love my work. You probably know that. I love it, right? So there's an intrinsic satisfaction in doing the work. Obviously, there's components of this work that's about self-mastery, about our patterns. And so I love doing the work on myself. It's been my work personally, and so I'm in integrity with it. And my goals for my business are not only about my personal goals and what I love to do. So basic one is I want to surf. Okay, I want to keep surfing. So any business that I'm developing must give me freedom. I have things I want for my family. I love my family so much that I want to be able to give them things when they need it. And I don't mean necessarily luxury items, but you get where I'm going. I want to be able to support them and take them on trips and celebrate my beautiful wife by giving her something nice. And I also have a bigger vision for the, the people that I want to reach with this work because it's so transforming. So the, all those things inform my goals for my business. Within you, I'm not feeling those things. And part of you falling asleep, by the way, and getting tired is there's a shutdown. Yeah. There's a shutdown happening from an unconscious yep. So as an example, a vision for a plumbing business could look like this. Well, yep, I'm specialising in a niche. I have uh, five major strategic alliance partners that keep giving my business work and I have four plumbers that I employ to deliver that work and I'm only working 25 hours a week now right? but I'm mostly running the business. That could that would be the sort of grounded vision I might expect to get from someone that's setting up a plumbing business who's firmly attached to their dreams and goals. Does that make sense, Dan? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. So let me just deal with something first okay we'll work quite quickly with this because of time i'm going to go sideways from where i've just been but i'm going to be coming back to it so i said earlier that one of the reasons you get referrals is because you have what we call a a people pleaser aspect to your personality and the people pleaser aspect of of your personality in its functionality, meaning it's an asset to you, is that you truly go to please other people. You truly go to please them. Your happiness comes when you've pleased another person. Okay? Does that make sense? Yep. does, yeah. Right. And people pick up on that and they sense the genuineness in that. However, so that's why it's an asset and I don't want you to lose that, but... Every part of our personality, because our personality is made up of sub-personalities, different parts, has a functional and a dysfunctional attribute. So the dysfunctional attribute of your people pleaser means that you will sacrifice what you need, what you desire, to keep another person happy. So when you talked earlier about how you would discount or, or lower prices, which you've stopped, that was to, yep. to, to be liked and, and also you somehow felt that you were hurting them if you charged them too much, but uh, I'm not picking up on that anymore. Yeah. Does, does that make sense to you, what I yep. just said? Yep, yep. Yep. You've gone yep. past that, but, oh, I'm hurting them if I charge too much. 
And they'll like me more if I don't hurt them, <laughs> right, through charging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get me? And I so... Do, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, yeah, I do, I do, yeah, I do want the customers and clients to like me. It's a, it's a weird thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know why, but it, it seems like the right thing to do to... Well, it is in its function. It is in its functionality. Yeah. yeah, you'll see where I'm going to go with this. So yeah. I, I'm also, like, I'm, I'm here... Like when, I, when I'm working with someone on the show, when I'm working with someone, any, I, I want, I really genuinely want them to have an amazing experience and get breakthroughs, right? So yep. why else would someone be in business if they're not there to serve others, okay? So yep. Yep. there's nothing wrong with that, but that challenging issue is when it gets dysfunctional, you will put your own needs last, okay? okay your own, yep. own needs last. So as an example, in your discounting, have, can you see that you have suffered to get other people to like you? You have lost out to get other people to like you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'll ask another question, and just tell me what comes out of your mind. As soon as I ask this question, don't think about it too much. I believe I already know the answer. But who is it more important to create wealth for, for you or for your partner? For my partner. Yeah. Right. That's right. So again, what we see, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I want you to see that even when it comes to wealth, it's not about you so much. It's about pleasing her and your partner. Now, again, that's lovely. That's a motivation for me. I said that before. But there's something being missed out here in this whole equation, and that's you. Yeah. Okay. So just to work quickly here, on some deep unconscious level, and this may not be the accurate words for it yet, but I guarantee there's a truth to this and we'll dig into it and get clear about it, but there's some sense that, you know, I'm wrong or I'm bad. It's not right to take for myself. It's selfish. Okay. Now, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, that does, yeah. 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 So do you feel better about yourself when you receive or when you give? Uh, when I give. I, um, yeah, always, always giving. I, I, I have had a problem my entire life receiving. Thank like you. Praise, praise was something that made me feel very, very uncomfortable to the point where I, I became an older adult, I suppose, and I would just outright uh, ignore people as they were trying to thank me for something. And I'd uh, get lost for words. So now I just try and fob it off as though, I'm tired and just go, thanks, and that's it. I can't make eye contact with them all. Okay. It's, it's strange, but, yeah. No, it's not yeah. strange, right? And, and just, Dan, just to, to just want to slow this down, especially if, even for the people listening, okay? So, um, or, or watching this. Listen, you can do as much strategic development work as you like, but what we're dealing here with Dan you know, many people are walking around with this type of patterning, but no one knows that they have this kind of patterning. They don't know how it devastates them as an investor or a business owner. But if you can't receive praise, if that makes you feel uncomfortable and you're all about giving and not receiving, it points to some unconscious belief systems that will always limit you in business. Because if you can't receive praise, it also means, and I will get into why you can't receive praise without being too, we're not going to get into you know, going too deep with this, but just keep it fairly surface. But at the same time, I want, yeah. want you to see what's happening. Um, but if you can't receive praise, there's a reason they're unconscious. Now, if you can't receive praise, 
that's aligned with I don't deserve. Okay. I don't deserve. Now, if you're a business person who feels that I don't deserve, that will also play out in the amount of money you make. Okay. So we'll, we'll probably do this really quickly if we can. How are you feeling at the moment, Dan? Are you feeling a bit uncomfortable or are you quite comfortable? Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. <laughs> are you I'm triggered? sitting in a room by myself. Yeah, you're triggered. Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, okay. get a little bit, uh, a little bit sweaty, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, because yeah. that's where we're, we're touching it. Okay, so I'm going to work deeply and quickly, but without being too <laughs> getting things too emotional at this point, right? Because yeah, just, don't make me cry. I've got to get back. To no, me. no, yeah, no, that's right. Okay, so, <laughs> so, and you're 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 amazing too, Dan, doing this. No, like, but nothing. I'm going to say this quickly. I'm not hitting the mark with what's going on for you, but I'm pointing at it. Uh, low self-worth and low self-esteem and shame is carried around in most people's unconscious. And as many people, it's carried on the conscious level. And if you've got low self-esteem and shame, basically you'll feel like you don't deserve and you'll start to push away what's good from you. And there'll be business opportunities there and you'll find a way to, to sabotage them because you feel like you don't deserve. So people find this a bit weird. But if you've got shame or low self-worth, on an archetypal level, that's associated well, I'm not good enough, no one loves me, I'm not lovable, therefore I don't deserve. Now, this can get set up from archetypal messages from when we were young boys and girls. So I'll just show you this. Dan, <laughs> maybe you've got a family, this didn't happen, for most people this will happen. When when you were growing up and what did, when you were good based on your, your parents' um, uh, value system, when you were good, meaning you... Uh, or were complicit to their value system, how would they treat you if you were good? Uh, uh, not, not. I was going to say kinder there, but that's not kinder. Is they, they were nicer. Um, not that they were mean if I wasn't, but... Um, they were nicer. And, uh, yeah, and I suppose in, in some way, maybe it was just in my head, but it felt like I was more included um, right. in the family, if that makes sense. Like, yes, like it, it gave me a position. Of course without, it does. Without, when that wasn't happening, I was just someone else that was just there eating and, and watching TV and running around. And Correct. So so when you just watch, when you f- fulfill their view of you being a good boy, you got a sense of more being loved and included. Now, that's a very powerful message, isn't it? If I'm good, I get yep. loved, right? Okay. Now, if you stuffed up, what, what would happen? Uh get a bit of a belting, scolded and uh, at the least and kind of sent away to uh, or yelled at and um, and then told to go to go to your room or, or go outside Great. and just stay away for a while. Great. Okay. So now, I'm just, just going to dig in. Yep. And I'm going to dig into the archetypal message of this. Okay. So what we learn, and we learn this through religion, we learn this through parenting, we learn this through the schooling system, all authority figures um, reward us for being complicit to their value system and shame us when we move outside of the value system, okay? Now, what you learn is that when you are complicit to their value system, that you get the reward, that the reward could be love. The reward could be if you grew up in a religious environment or you go to heaven if you're good. If you are, um, uh, you know, if you're a good person, but you get lollies today. If you're a bad person, you get sent to the room. So on an unconscious level, we work out if we've got a lot of self-love, what we deserve. If we don't have self-love and we have shame and low self-worth, we don't deserve. 
right? Yeah. Okay. Now, yep. I, I'm, I'm going to bring this and, and tie it up for you, but there is a sense of not asking for what you want or not even connected to what you really want because you feel like you can't have it and you don't deserve it on an unconscious yep. level. Yep. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. So what this means is, yeah, that your, your energy even shuts down. If I, if I started, we, we, we don't have time now, but if I started to work with you about what you really want, your energy will shut down. Make sense? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'd, right. uh, yeah. I'm sitting in the car now, but I'd, uh, meant to go back to work after this. I'd probably just pretend and sit here for another 10 minutes. Yeah, well, cool. Well, this is, this is, this is fairly, you know, we're, we're bringing up some deep content from the unconscious. But there are another couple of patterns that, that, that play out here too. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do something for a second. So could you picture yourself with wealth and some fun things that you would love to own and have? Can you picture that easily enough? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Not, just not try. Sure. Just What I want you to do is observe your body and just try that. Just, and not easy, I know. Observe your body. Observe your breath, observe your emotions. So just try and imagine yourself with wealth, with a, a very successful business, with some of the things that I'm, you uh, I, I imagine myself wearing nicer clothes, clean clothes, and, uh, and breathing slower and, um, and smiling a little bit. Okay, just keep it up. I want you to, what, what is it you'd really want? Uh, what I really want is stability for a form of retirement, um, happiness with a wife and, and family. Okay, so one of the things I'm observing in your in your response is they're they're very noble things and they're very good things, but there's no excitement or passion in that. In the sense of that's still just as that's a surviving life. It's not a thriving life, is it? Correct. Yeah. Right. So, can you picture thriving life and observe your body as you try and picture thriving life? Not that easily, no. No. Okay. So, can you feel that you're shutting down? Yep. Yep. I'm thinking all right. of all no, things I'm doing now instead of, yeah. Correct. Okay. So, I'm just going to do a couple of quick things. I'm just going to talk. I'm, I'm going to help explain to the audience who watch this what's happening. Our bodies are biofeedback mechanisms. Now, obviously, I'm really trained to observe my body. Now, my body will tell me how I really feel about things, what belief systems are really being invoked what belief systems are controlling me. You can do that by having really deep connection with your physical body because your physical body is tapped into or tied to the unconscious. The, uh, the, the physiology, it's a mind and body thing. They work together. So by being able to introvert awareness, we start to connect with what's really controlling us on the level of our beliefs. So um, Dan said, and you can see, I just know, if I, if I start to work with him, his body's going, you can't have that, I can't have that. That's what his body's saying, his unconscious is saying. So it won't allow him to dream. If I was working with Dan, the first thing that I would have to do is help him transform the blocks that are disconnecting him from his deep vision for his life. Once I've done that, he'll start to get in, con in connection with his true dreams, what he's really here for, what he really wants to do. 
then his motivation will increase. And then from that point, we can start helping put some of those strategies we talked about in place earlier. If, and this is why most conventional business coaches and, and, and uh, investing coaches can't really get the outcomes that they'd like for their clients because their clients have got all sorts of unconscious blocks and they don't have the expertise to work with that. And unless the unconscious blocks are, are dealt with, the person just keeps undermining and sabotaging the good quality strategic input you can give them. And that's probably why this works very powerful. We work on all those levels. So, Dan, I'm just going to go and quite quickly just name another couple of things. Um, also, there's a lot of self-doubt on the unconscious level. So the other reason that you don't want to uh, claim the bigger vision that's in you, by the way. See, these visions are in us. We 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 disconnect from them because it's too confronting for our ego structure. And so there's a self-doubt there, and the self-doubt doesn't want you to have a bigger vision because then you'll start taking action and this part's going to come up going, you can't do it, you can't do it, you're going to stuff it up. Make sense? Yep. <laughs> Have you met that part? Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 So in, until that part is dealt with, every time you go towards your vision, it comes up and says, don't own your vision. It wants you to stay comfortable by staying smaller. You understand? Smaller. Yep. Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay, Dan, um, I hope that helped you today and I really enjoyed working with you. Any questions before we go? Uh, no, no. A bit exhausted, but no. Yeah, well, no, what, no, what, no, what, no, I, what no, I'll ask you to do... Cramped up, cramped up at the moment, but yeah. Yeah, just, just take... What, what's happened is I've triggered your unconscious a bit, so just take, you know, 10, 15 minutes... Have a little snooze because you're going to get real tired because yep. that's how your body deals with uh, unconscious content when it's arising. You don't want to see it, so the body starts to shut down and get tired. Make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. But just do that. 10, 15 minutes and go back to work. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. But look, just re really well done. I, I really loved working with okay. you, and you, you would have really helped a lot of people. I know you got help yourself, but you've helped educate people by being so courageous and coming on to the show and if anyone else is interested by the way just apply for the show i love doing this work and see what i can do for you thanks Perfect. yep right. thank you very much thank you. i hope you got a lot from today's show i certainly enjoyed my interview with dan if you are interested in pursuing this work further i have some suggestions for you you could join me on the show as a volunteer and go to the website www.perrymardon.com and you'll see a link to the show tab and you can apply right there on my website. You might want to join me in my free Facebook group for investors and business owners. Again, you will find that on the website. And finally, a really good place to start with this work so that you can start to understand how you operate as a business owner or investor. Go to www businessdnaindicator.com and do our quick five-minute assessment that will show you your strengths and gifts as a wealth creator as well as helping you see what your weaknesses are and some of the weaknesses that you're not aware of. Great. See you next time.